0: Hello everyone, Jody Heiss here. Welcome to the Freedom Caucus podcast. It's an honor to have you on board with us. And we've got a lot to discuss today and uh, we'll get into the guest here momentarily. I'm looking forward to having him. But the bottom line is this and kind of setting the table. Uh, you know, w- those of us in the Freedom Caucus, uh, we, we are working hard, as you well know, to just try to preserve and promote the the promise of liberty right here at home. Uh Unfortunately, as we all know, we do not live in a world that shares those same values. There are bad actors all across the international stage, bad actors who frankly would make the world less safe. They would make the world less free. And we here in Congress, we've got a unique role to play in confronting them on the international platform. And one of the biggest threats we face, quite frankly, is China. Uh, and I think you probably are very much aware of the fact that they are trying to actually rival the United States in every possible way that they can. And, you know, the Trump administration, frankly, they have rightly, I believe, called out communist China and their government for getting a free ride on uh, from everything from uh, international institutions to uh, the, the, uh, trade deals. I mean, these type of things have been going on for decades where China has been trying to take advantage of us. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been ignoring our intellectual property. They've been stealing our intellectual property, ignoring the laws that, that oversee those type of, uh, uh, domains. Uh, they, they try to hurt our, our, obviously that type of thing hurts our businesses, uh, as we all know, but but also everything from exports to uh, their aggressive actions across some of our allies across the country, including places like Taiwan and Vietnam. China is doing everything they can, is the bottom line, to try to gain an advantage over the United States. And look, I am a free market guy. I'm all for free market competition around the world, but what China is doing is something else entirely. What they really want, if we can just bring this down to the irreducible minimum, if you will, what China really wants is to export their own type of repressive authoritarian politics around the world. They want neighbors who will be passive states, willing to accept Chinese supremacy all around the world that is what they're up to and i just just recently for a, a, i think a clear example just recently we had the the uh, 30th anniversary of the uh, Tiananmen Square massacre back in uh, 1989 and we all watched Beijing trying to encourage Hong Kong authorities to suppress any protesters who are trying to stand for liberty. I mean, that is what China wants, is passive neighbors who are going to bow down and allow Chinese supremacy all around the world. And so we here in Congress, we have a responsibility, I believe, not only to call out China for their bad behavior, but I think at this point we've got to stand behind uh, our current administration. Uh, to, to not only call out China, but to hold them accountable and to press back, push back on the threat that they are presenting, not only in their own region, but around the world. And while all this is happening with China, we also have other threats like Russia and now Iran. I mean, here's Iran, one of the only state sponsors of terrorism in the world. It's a country that is consistently been antagonistic towards not only the United States, but our allies, and especially Israel. And so after the Trump administration got rid of the horrible Iran deal, which I applaud him for doing, that deal that was negotiated by the Obama administration. um, And by the way, that was not a treaty. It was not anything that was ever ratified by Congress but uh the the trump administration is putting more economic pressure on iran with the with the sanctions that i believe are going to be very effective but uh since then uh, you may have seen and heard that iran they are continuing to ratchet up tensions in the middle east uh and, and we are all watching this we saw the the downing of the us drone unprovoked they took down one of our drones uh the the explosions of the oil tankers uh in, in the Gulf of Oman we've we've seen all these kinds of things the the Iranian backed rebels in Yemen launching rockets into some of our allied territories all these so we have China we have Russia we have Iran we still have North Korea and Look, obviously, we as a nation must do everything we can to try to de-escalate tensions around the world, be it with China, be it with Iran. But at the same time, we have got to send a resolute message that the United States is a nation that will not, cannot be bullied, manipulated, strong-armed, or domineered. I mean, all these things are absolutely essential. So At the end of the day, when we're dealing with Iran, for example, we've got to have a treaty or a deal, whatever you want to call it, that allows us to state clearly that terrorist Iran is not going to develop nuclear weapons. That has got to be an absolute must. And so my colleagues in the Freedom Caucus, myself, uh, we, we are having some good conversations about the proper role of Congress in responding to all of these actions, all of these nations, uh, but it's clear that Iran is not going to stop its hostile behavior anytime in the near future. As we're trying to confront this dangerous world here in Congress, we are so blessed to have some amazing experts on, on issues, some men and women who are on the front line and have served on the front line and i am just deeply honored to have joining me here today my very close friend and fellow board member of the freedom caucus Uh, in fact he is the whip for the freedom caucus uh, general scott perry he is an outstanding member of congress and of the freedom caucus uh, and we are honored to call him general that is his nickname that we all call him uh, he serves the he previously served in the 4th uh, Congressional District of Pennsylvania. Now that has been redistricted. He, he serves in the 10th District. But prior to that, he served nearly 40 years in uniform and was Assistant Adjutant General in the Pennsylvania National Guard. He's a re- retired Brigadier General. Prior to coming to Congress, he was three terms in the Pennsylvania General Assembly and here in Congress, he sits on the Committee of Transportation and Infrastructure, as well as the Foreign Affairs Committee. And Scott, I cannot tell you how honored we are to have you on the podcast today.
1: Well, Jody, you know, thank you very much for the opportunity, and you know that that uh, there's no one I think more highly of in this whole operation than you do, and uh, there have been many times... Downtimes uh, here where you you can you can get depressed at what you see the direction of the country the direction of Congress and you've always been One of those guys that uh, you know shows us the way and helps us remember what we're doing here and really who? Who, who the glory is to be for as well with everything we do and I thank you for that. Well,
0: I, I thank you You know one of the things Scott and this is the reason everybody calls you general not only because you are a general but you bring that fighting spirit here to Congress, and we are in the fight of our life in this country. And you always look at things from a perspective. we got to fight. We're, we're in the trenches here. And you just have a great way of looking strategically at, uh, at the reality of what's happening in our country
1: that's exactly right, and people didn't send us here just to be a rubber stamp. they want to they want to see results and uh, they can sense that uh, there's no we can't be pushed any further. Uh, the change of the co- the country happening so quickly. Uh, and so radically there's just no more room to give we want to be reasonable folks we understand recognize opinions all around us that may be different than ours but we can't watch our country just be torn apart and everything that we that made it great and that we hold dear just be, be frittered away and so we have to we absolutely have to be in this fight
0: and the battle is not only internal which we deal with week to week but there are external foes that we are also dealing with and uh, of course, um, you know China is one on the forefront. Yes, their international agenda, uh, from from the military perspective to their attempts to take our intellectual property to trade issues, China's footprint is literally all over the globe. And right people, now. Don't what, re- yeah, yeah, t- people don't absolutely people don't realize
1: uh, how pernicious and how pervasive the Chinese, the communists. Let's remember this too there are wonderful people in China that yearn to breathe free just like Americans but they are under the the foot and the boot of the Communist Party in China and and the Chinese government and the, and the and the small group of people probably a couple thousand that run that um, have a very different viewpoint for the world and people don't maybe understand why it should be important to them but understand things like 5g for instance when you talk about the uh, the the productivity of your cell phone how quickly you changed and transferred data and talk to one another and data moves china is in that space uh, the technology space because literally believe this or not america is behind they produce the technology to provide 5g and we buy it and we buy it because we don't we don't have the technolog- technological skills to produce it they do imagine that this is america's always been first in technology but in this regard china is first and so what they've done is undercut everybody in the market there are literally three producers of which china is the largest and the company is called huawei and uh, and and they 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 come into countries including america and they say we'll we'll almost give you the equipment all you have to do is sign on to our service but we'll give you the equipment and so it's very attractive especially for other countries that don't have any money to spend on this type of thing, but want to modernize. Now, not that we do have extra money, because we don't. Sure. But but once they have that in there, all your data, all your conversations, everything about you is going across Chinese servers and being cataloged and being stored to use against you.
0: Yeah, and that's how they program this stuff. And at the same time that they have that type of technology, they are likewise masterful at stealing our intellect, 300 intellectual. 300
1: to $600 yeah. billion dollars a year. So... I literally just got done with the tariff meeting in my office. None of us like these tariffs. But uh, people say, well, what is the cost of these tariffs to the American consumer? And there's, that, that's a legitimate question. But why aren't we why aren't we complaining about every single year, tariff or not, China steals three hundred to six hundred billion dollars worth a billion with a B of our technology? Not necessarily stealing it from the government, but stealing it from individuals, individual companies, and the government. Every year they do this, and nothing happens to them. There's no consequence. There's no. Uh, there's no come comeuppance, so to speak, for that. I mean, they just get away with it. And so in order to stop that and many of the other malign activities, they are building a blue water navy so that they can control the seas instead of the United States controlling the seas. And we've provided freedom of navigation for the world since World War II. Uh, they are They are militarizing space. They are militarizing the other side of the moon. People don't understand and realize the breadth and depth of the Chinese plan, the One Belt, One Road initiative around the globe, uh, to be to to really be the superpower for and the that's next why century. I
0: applaud the president for his awareness uh, to deal with the terrorists, to deal with the trade issue, but also to rebuild our military, understanding that we have legitimate foes who are rapidly becoming uh, peers.
1: Yes, they are. They are reaching parity in many ways, and and in China's uh, particular example, they do it by stealing. They right. steal our steal our technology, and, and once and they
0: have it, they have it. They, that's And exactly. the only way we can get ahead is to. Come up with another idea that they don't steal,
1: right? That they yeah, and they're trying to steal that as well. Right. Every single thing is is under review from them. And you know, Jody, that they have a law in China that if you're a business operating, that you're duty bound uh, to collect on the United States. There's students that come to the United States oftentimes collect. When I say collect, you know, they, they're essentially spying on the United States, and it might be something at a university that you might not think is important to the Chinese government, but if the, the students might be there stealing it and taking it back to China. Wow.
0: Well, you know, and that's just all this that we're talking about is the nature of communism. And China's leading and then there's the issues of humanitarian issues, religious liberties issues, sure. what uh, what they're even doing to some of their own people, the uh, Uyghur tribe, the Uyghur community, yeah, right?
1: Uh-huh. The putting them in concentration camps uh, and and education camps and We thought in our lifetime that that would never happen again. We saw that in Nazi Germany. And I don't know that it's to the scale or the suffering, but uh, these folks are literally rounded up and put into camps for re-education because they disagree with their religious viewpoints and they don't have the freedom of of religion like we do. They also have a system of social credits where they track. So if if you're carrying a phone in China and uh, you text the wrong thing, you get docked on your social credit and what that, what that manifests itself in is then, let's say you would like to t- travel somewhere in China and you'd like to take a plane. China's a big country. It'd be like flying to California. If you don't have enough social credits, no plane you trip for go. you. You can't go. Right. Wow. So, and, and they would like to, and they were exporting that technology and that ideology around the globe. That's and the now the
0: event. facial technology, I mean, we could go on and, yeah. on and on and on with this, but, but then we have other foes. I mean, China is one of them, but we're, we're all watching what's happening in Iran right yeah. now. For uh, 40
1: years. Yeah.
0: Over. I mean, Help us wrap our mind around the whole Iranian For
1: 40 years, Iran has been an enemy of the West. And again, once again, many of the Iranian people, they are uh, yearning to breathe free. But the Ayatollahs and the theocratic um, uh, dictatorship there, which is essentially autocracy, um, they control what Iran does and uh, they've been killing Americans. They, they're responsible. Maybe people don't know this. Iran is responsible for five hundred, at least 500 deaths in Iraq of American service members. Uh, Iran did that and uh, it, we have a long history with them and of course they want to build the build a nuclear weapon they're telling the world they just want to pursue nuclear power but there's no reason to have a, a heavy water reactor for nuclear power there is no reason to make weapons grade you
0: don't need that for energy
1: right for for energy i uh, privileged to represent a place called 3 Mile Island there's no weapons grade uh, nuclear material at 3 Mile Island so they want to become a nuclear power and then deliver that nuclear a threat with ballistic missiles, and that's what they're working toward. This president understands the threat. The only thing that the the, the deal that Obama President Obama did uh, with Iran was delay the time that they were going to have a nuclear weapon and be able to not deliver it, it. Not stop it. Not stop it. And this president rightly sees that. And uh, he, look, he's turning the screws down on them. They don't like it. That's why they're lashing out and they're trying to get relief. They should not have relief. They need to abandon their their people are suffering.
0: Well, I want to come back to that thought before we we leave the energy thing. One thing that caught my uh, interest when they bombed the tankers, uh, the oil tankers, you would anticipate that the cost of oil here would skyrocket. But the fact that we have become energy independent on the oil here, and we are not dependent upon them any longer, uh, it virtually had no impact whatsoever here, which again amplifies the importance of energy independence. That's
1: absolutely right. As a matter of fact, Coming into the summer driving season, Iran bombing tankers right. in the Straits of Hormuz, gas prices actually went down, yeah, right? it's so,
0: unbelievable. So, and there's one reason. We have a president that's helped us get energy independence.
1: That's exactly right. The last president was moving us away from energy independence. This president, in two years, has gotten us—we're a net exporter of energy. And, and, Jody, you're probably about the same, maybe a little younger than me, a little same age, but we remember the oil crisis— Oh, back absolutely. in the day when That's we true. had rationing right and there wasn't going to be any you couldn't get gasoline to drive yeah. your car now the United States is energy independent and exporting and exporting what a difference leadership a difference. at the top makes
0: all right so let's go back to the uh the sanctioning uh, we are we're now imposing sanctions on iran uh, how how what kind of impact is that going to have
1: I think it can have a an increasingly um uh, stronger and 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 more biting impact. And I will tell you this: I, I'm a firm believer that there literally are a couple hundred to a couple thousand people in these autocratic regimes, whether it's China or whether it's Iran. And what's masterful is the president is starting to single them out individually. The the uh, Ayatollah of Iran, I think, is worth a couple hundred billion dollars. He's one of the people don't know that he's one of the richest wow. people on the planet we start taking his money away his personal money away and the other people around him is
0: that what these sanctions do goes after personal goes money goes
1: after him personally right wow. it makes it it's hard for him to conduct transactions in dollars they can't use the the american uh, currency market which is really really the difficult because currency. that's that's mm-hmm. the global currency and that's the that's the great thing about being American, so we must safeguard that but because that's how these sanctions work. But I think that as he goes after individuals, that's really going to make a difference. And that
0: amplifies, again, the importance of us securing our own economy and keeping the dollar, the global currency. Without it, without it we, we, we don't even have the capacity to do, make yeah, these conversations. You, you, you have no great leverage point. without it. Great point. All right, Scott, listen, uh, we've only got uh, uh, a few more minutes, three or four more minutes. Um, uh, so, what other issues are important to you? What other things that that uh, you 're working on Well, right just now? a
1: couple things uh, one maybe really close to home. Do you know that you can 't take any more than six withdrawals out of your bank account without paying an extra fee right So we think that 's crazy it 's your money you should You should be able to take in a month take out more so we 're going to we 're working on a bill actually to increase that to thirty so you if you want to take a withdrawal. are doing business on the internet and so on and so forth, they ought to have the privilege of using their own money the way they want to without being penalized. So that's one thing. Another thing I'm really, really passionate about, which is tough to discuss, Jody, as two two men, is called female genital mutilation. I'm just going to say it. It's uncomfortable. But this happens around the world. It is cultural. It's sometimes religious. But literally, if people say, well, what is that? Just imagine uh, your little girl and, or some little girl, and her mother takes her to a place and maybe does it herself or hires somebody to do it where they, without anesthesia and without any known medical benefit, remove with a razor blade her female body wow. parts. And uh, it is a horrific practice, and people it, think it only happens somewhere overseas. It has come to America about half a million girls will be subject in America to it this year. and Half we a want, million? Half a million, right? And we want to end this practice. We've gotten a resolution passed. We've, we've got legislation that is bipartisan pending, and very shortly, we're going to have more uh, more legislation, which will be—there'll uh, be a companion bill in the Senate. We want to end this barbaric 7th wow. century practice and make sure not only that it doesn't happen anywhere in the world, but it particularly cannot happen to, in America. And if you can imagine the betrayal that these little girls go through when they 10 years old, 8 years old, something like that, their mother takes them— Here's an interesting fact that you might know. They call it vacation cutting. So it's, it, it, it's generally illegal to a certain extent. We're working because some of the states don't have a law against it, and the federal laws are lacking, which is why we got into this space. But because there are portions of the country where it is illegal, they will take their daughters overseas for summer vacation to do this to them wow. and then bring them back. And so there was a case in Michigan that was thrown out of the federal courts. So the the practitioners and the family members got away with it, doing this to these little girls. And so even though there was a federal law, uh, like I said, the courts threw it out. And that drove me. I've been watching this for many, many years, drove me into this space. We've got legislation running. Like I said, we got some passed in a bipartisan fashion. Thank you for your vote on the resolution. But we want to make sure that it's illegal to transport little girls across state lines to do it. And we're also urging, I think there's 16 or 17 states left that haven't done it. I'm proud to report, partially due to my efforts, that Pennsylvania is going to sign a law very soon uh, that just went through the House and Senate making it illegal in Pennsylvania. So we just can't imagine our little girls going through this.
0: Yeah, listen, that's news I was not aware of. Uh, Half a million In the United States. In the United States. stunning.
1: Right, but it's not something that they report once it happens to them. They are told that they can never speak about it. And, of course, it not only traumatizes them physically, but emotionally it is scarring for the rest of their lives. Wow,
0: that is amazing. Scott Perry, General Perry, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on the podcast here today. We deeply appreciate it. Look forward to you coming back.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity. I'd love to come back and uh, thanks everybody for listening. Jody Heiss is a great American and uh, he's fighting the fight here and we're just proud to serve in the foxhole with him.
0: And just for the record, I did not pay him to say that. I appreciate (laughs) it. General, always great to have you. And folks, thank you for joining us. That's all the time we have today. We appreciate it very much. And we'd also appreciate if you'd take a moment to rate and review this uh, podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, We encourage you to do that. Also, follow us on uh, the, uh, the Freedom Caucus. Follow us on Facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus. Also on Twitter at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss and the Freedom Caucus podcast. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time.